0: Good morning! Welcome to Leather and Limits episode 24. It is July sixteenth. It's hotter than the devils. Pick your randomness here. <laughs> At least in my state. With us, as always, is the Imperatrix Nox. Hello. And with us today for our pet play episode are two very special guests. Introducing first, Tiny. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Who is the slave of a very good friend of ours and one of our, I would actually say, experts on pet play. Certainly far more so than I am. Would you like to give yourself a brief introduction or?
1: Oh, me? Vixen, oh. Tiny, yeah. Tiny, go yeah. for it. Um, Tell us about yourself. Like in a general sense or in like the
2: in Most specifically
0: your journey in the community. You don't have to go more okay. detail than you want to. And what
2: do you want people to know um, about you other than your name is Tiny? um
1: so I I am tiny I am 24 years old I started my journey um around 17 super light though because obviously I was you know 17 still minor uh when I hit 18 I took off in the world I was all about exploring I wanted to learn the ins and outs the rules the safety measures and it was a world that intrigued me I really wanted more of it And when I hit around 19, I started finding out where I fit in. And all I have to say is there's not a feeling like that feeling you feel when you actually find a place you fit into. And it was a beautiful experience. And I've had beautiful experiences ever since. And now in a current four-year relationship with my master and his other submissive, which has been great
0: has been that long for both of you, hasn't it? Congratulations. Right? Yeah,
1: thanks. Thank you. That's
2: beautiful.
0: Absolutely. We always love it when we see success stories in a heartbeat.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And definitely not to be discounted either is our wonderful new person, Vixen, <laughs> which is Knox's personal. Hello.
2: <laughs> yes. This is my slave, Vixen. One of my beloved household members. And uh, yeah, tell the world about yourself,
3: Vixen. Okay, so my name is Vixen, and I am um, 33, um, and I've been in the community since I was 21. So there's over over 10 years of experience. I started off in Colorado. Now I'm with my lady Knox.
2: How long have you been a pet player?
3: Um so for pet play, I've um, I started about seven years ago, um, and it's um, it's been uh, it's been great. But for, for my myself, um, I'm a switch, um, and I am um, my lady Knox's slave along with her husband. I am in the house, <laughs> um, and it's it's been an incredible journey. Uh, i've met so many different people um throughout the time span and it's it's incredible i've learned so many things but i've also learned a lot more about me like i am a, such a different person than what i was when i first started um and i found um bdsm through um, a series of books um, and when i found out that it was real i was like wait i can do this in real life i can do this And it it just changed my life completely. Absolutely.
2: So I know one of the things that I wanted to dive into with the both of you, as we talk about pet play specifically, um, it even got you interested in pet play. And then I would like to hear how one of you found a pet, how you were able to identify what kind of a pet you were. That is a great. To you. That's what I thought your softball
1: um for me my uh, my uh, journeys back to actually a lot younger um and it kind of was like my safe my safe place for a while I, I grew up in a not okay environment and for a while it I connected with it so much that therapists thought that I might have, um, DID and it was uh, another part of me until I, but it didn't feel right. It didn't make sense to me was I read up on what that was. And the more I got connected with the community, the more I realized what it, what it could be. Um, I, the, my very first girlfriend at 18, when I first started to explore in the lifestyle, she took me on my first actual journey to the pet play area. I lived in Texas, and she was a fox. And it was just kind of like when you looked at her, you could see it. And I don't know how to explain it other than like when you looked at her, you could see the outline of like a fox. She didn't have to have any gear on or anything, it just was like her spirit animal kind of thing. And I really focused in on that and was like, you know, that's what I want. I want to find that. And I had deep down like, you know, as I grew up, I had a like a kitty part of myself like a, you know, uh and I explored other areas, you know, to kind of see what all the other different kinds of pets bring to the table and I also think a very important note to come on to as well is pet play expands beyond your regular like dog and cat and, you know, cow or pig. It can go into like mythical creatures and just expands beyond like whatever you can think of and like a dragon, you know, and it's such a a beautiful thing. And I just found that, I relate more to a cat than I do anything like in my mannerisms um, my vocalness when I get in there my favorite thing to do is play with kitty toys you know and it's just I feel like when you begin and you find your like that the pet or the creature that you identify with the most like you're gonna know it's gonna hit you like this is it. And I have a lot of people ask me um, quite a bit, like, how do you know, like, what if I'm into pet play, but I don't, I can't figure out what animal I identify with or in that area. It's like, my biggest advice to you is like, when you find it, you're gonna know, there's not gonna be any question. And some people have multiple, depending on the um, situation you're in. Like, some when they want to go into like their safe place or whatever can be like a cat or a dog but if they're in like a degrading setting they are a pig or a cow like you don't have to just have one and that's my two cents on the topic if vixen wants to go yeah
0: can go
3: so um for for me, um, I can definitely go into like how I I came into being a, a pet player. So when I first started, we had a um, I had a friend who had who was a, a puppy, also a massive butt slut. To to like that was who he was, and it was it was awesome to see. Um, but he was the first one to like, oh, I could do this, and throughout my whole life, um. My my family has known that uh, I cats are one of my things. I I grew up in the middle of nowhere and we had a bunch of outside cats. And it was my responsibility, but I was the Pied Piper of them. I would just call out to them and they'd all call and they'd all come to come to me. And they it wasn't like one or two. We had like twenty cats at one time because we had such a big property. So they would all come to me and that, but. I also had, like, um, similar um, mannerisms, and you, could, I was able to see that, and others were able to see that, to the degree that um, my family, who's aware um, of, of my kinkiness, but don't ask questions, like, just stay safe. Um, but they, like, have gotten me fuzzy socks that have paw prints on the bottom of it. Like, like no, no, we saw this, and thought it'd be like, okay, but you don't know how cool this actually is. Um... But for to actually like developing like oh I could I could do this and as um, my journey continued I was figuring out more and more of it um, and it one of the things um, that really is a pinnacle part of my pet play journey was going to one of the um, kink cons um, and I had it to where I went to one of the pet play um, one of the classes. And had it to where there was a, um, during it after the lecture part, there was a guided meditation. And that struck with me so hard. It was incredible because the the concept of it was that um, the instructor just gave um, a verbal, just verbal cues. No descriptors or anything, just verbal cues that we were to be guided through. Um, And for mine, um, I ended up crying at the end. Like, not like sob tears, but just like the quiet tears, because I was able to resonate it with it so hard. Um, What happened was, um, like, okay, so you're in the field, and you go to, and you see a tower in the distance, you go towards the tower, and you go down the stairs, and then from going down the stairs... um, look at your surroundings what do you see what do you feel so for me it was like it was getting colder and colder as I went further down because that's just logically how it went for me and it was um like brick on the inside but that old brick um and um at the at the bottom um you were to um something will be giving you a gift for me it was this like huge massive um like what what my brain could probably be close to like a cybereduced tiger sort of thing, and it was so I'm over six feet tall, and I was able to have like point of eye contact with this beast of a thing, and it was just all white with very light stripes. Um and um, it's said uh, so the instructor indicated, oh like okay, so you gonna be given a thing, and I was given a rose petal, which uh, anybody who knows me, I have uh, um I have rose tattoos, um like it's a, roses have always been a thing for me. So I was given like a, a small rose, rose um, petal um, and the instructor indicated like, okay, so they have a message for you. And the message for me was allow myself to be vulnerable because my kitten side, and it was one of the things I was really struggling with. My kitten side was um, to where I always need to be vulnerable because I struggled with that um and i've always struggled with that because because i need to be the big strong person and it's but it's a lot more um than the, just that because allowing your allowing the people you care about to see that vulnerability is huge um and um so but and yes there is tears going down my eyes or down my face right now as i'm telling this story so you're welcome there um but um it was such a vulnerable part because I didn't allow myself to to be really into that. And then, um, the next part of the guided meditation was like, okay, n- um, now have your arms put out, um, and and like where where is it going for you, or or something to that degree. And what happened was that the uh, when I did that, it was my um, kitten side. And for um to to uh, Tiny's point, um, my kitten side is a light purple and a um, deep purple, but it's like a Cheshire. And if anybody knows what um, Pixie and, oh, I forgot, Brutus. Um, so like that sort of energy is my kitten side. I'm just like super curious, super adventurous, um, but enjoys attention. Like that's, that's the, just like a Cheshire version. And I, um, I'll, I'll get into gear later, but, the, but that's what ended up being in my arms and that I just needed to accept who I was. Um, and it was a it was a massive um realization for me that I need to allow myself um to embrace myself. And that's what's the beautiful thing about kink is that you get to knock down your own door to be terrified and excited all at the same time, just with yourself. Um, but yeah, so that's that's that was um, how I found out of one of my sides. Um I've also got. Um, an alpha cat, which likes to beat up other pets, um, and then a, like an in between, and I'm also a handler too. So wide range. And the handler's the newest one. But this is my my story.
2: So I will say, as somebody who resides with someone, that has all these different facets that they've found about themselves. Um, when Vixen and I first got together and started just as a friend level, hanging out and associating with each other. I started going to events with her because I had never been exposed to pets. I did not identify as a handler despite being her, like her owner and, and things like that. And so started going to events with her and I was like, show me this, this is, um, you know, a fetish that I don't understand very well. Like I'm used to seeing it. But my problem was coming up in leather culture, I was always exposed to leather pups and ponies. I didn't have an appreciation that there were other pets, right? And so that was one of the cool things, kind of like what Tiny was talking about earlier, to see that there were so many other expressions of what a pet could be to each person. Um, And to see that it wasn't... Because I think a lot of people have this misperception, and I know that I did it first, too, that it's just people putting on cute kitty gear and fucking around. Like, I didn't have an appreciation that this was an, an actual form of self-expression in the same way that we look at traditional BDSM. And so, yeah, and so it's, it was very, to me, misleading because also about the same time, you had the rise of the e-girls and the kitty girls and the kitty boys and a lot of the appropriation from anime.
0: I mean, they do. Don't, yeah.
2: Well, it's, it's not kinky, right? No. And I I know for myself, I struggled a lot watching pet players and try to understand where's the kink, where's the fetish. And what I ended up getting an appreciation for instead was that it was pure power exchange. And the fact that it may not actually be kinky or fetish in the sense that we think about with, you know, fetish being the definition of something needed to have sexual gratification. For most pets, it's non-sexual. And that's something that I I also want to touch on with with Tiny and Vixen is, you know, I was thinking about
0: it myself, too.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because when we talk about BDSM, a lot of people have that perception that what we do is inherently sexual. And there's a lot of arguments around the sensuality and the intimacy and things like that. But how do I really want to hear, how do the both of you view yourself when you're in pet space as far as your sexualities? Do you find that that fluctuates for you? And are you more sexual in headspace with certain people, or is it just a completely non sexual space for you?
0: I actually want to add to that, because that actually goes into what I was already. This is very much one of the kinks that I do not have a lot of broad range. Of. Um and I've not had a submissive partner that's been that an aspect of that ever. But one, the sexual versus non sexual part is a big part of it that I I understand for my own personal obviously not as a pet. So I definitely want to hear about that and let me I wanna thank you both for sharing what you have so far because I know this is a deep part of you. But just as importantly, I want to ask about how the different head spaces, for lack of a better way to put it, stack together because I have heard that is a thing and I personally don't pretend to have any experience with it.
1: So in in my experience and I do want to make it known to, you know, the audience, the people who are listening. Um, I've never attended like a pet event because areas I've lived in have been small. Or when I lived in Texas, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends that were in like that I knew in the community at that point. So I never got to go and experience a lot of that stuff. So I can't talk from that point of view. Like Vixen can. Um, but from mine, my Pity is non-sexual. I can get like, um, I guess because I have that slave in me, I can still get like turned on depending on how you're treating me. Like if you put me in a cage, um, if you are still giving me commands, I'm not gonna say that that doesn't, you know, turn me on or anything, but I don't do anything sexual. It's not acted on when I'm there. As I stated before, it is like my safe space for me. It is my no harm zone. It is my, I, I want I say like my happy place lightly because being a slave is my happy place too. It's just in a different and separated happy places. And for this one, you know, I get, I get pets, I get loved on, I get snuggles. I can go and rub up against my owner's leg and meow and just be myself and express myself and he just loves on me and takes care of me. And compared to when I'm in my slave, when I'm, when I am not in pet space and it is now just straight MS master slavery situation, it gets, you know, degrading. It gets more rules are implemented. It's more structured. It's more, you know, set in stone than the leeway I get as my pet because it's, you know, I ho- I hope that makes sense. Um, but, uh, I do know, I do know a couple, I do know a couple people that are sexual with theirs and I don't personally think anything's wrong with that. I know some people do see it weird. Um, but I, it's, it's like, uh, some people say, you know, everybody has their own journey and, um, you know, it it's whatever makes you feel more comfortable. Um, my spaces do not clash at all. Like, um, and I say it lightly because I don't think my I don't think being a slave is a headspace or like a change of space, to be honest. I, I think that when I become my pet, that's when like a, a headspace comes on and takes over a little bit. Um, but I have no clash because I think with as somebody with an extreme sadist, um, who is down for like a lot of pain and stuff like that you have to have some type of space that you can go to that you can i don't want to say like get away but kind of um have more of a expression but also like a soft one like have a soft touch in all of that and that's um what i have to say on the topic
3: so for me, um my um kitten space and my cat spaces are completely non sexual. I see it as I'm neutered, right? Or or spayed. Um that's that's like the the concept where like there's no there's nothing there. Um I don't get um aroused or anything um when it goes to those um spaces. Now with my handler, like that one um I can definitely and one of my um partners Um, We're definitely into that to where like doing forced breeding and and things like that or um, milking definitely go into that um, when I'm the handler. So when I'm in charge, um, absolutely, and there's um, and we've played around with that. No, it does not go into bestiality. I uh, being a part of the um, in-person community because I do run um, events, I've got a community um, and like this and we've had that community um built for almost five years now um to where it's in person and we built so a friend of mine and I created it because of um and can I I ping that like okay um so that's that's called SoCal Creatures um we created it because um they're very femme presenting um and um as a um as a cis woman myself like we were exploring um the pet community and we met each other um with through mutuals and there wasn't anything before what we created um there was the um gay pop scene um so that's just leather pops doing um uh, the bar scene but there wasn't anything for um, kittens, which was I, I didn't have a handler um, side at that point. So I, whenever I went out to those spaces, I felt like, okay, so I'm the odd one out. Not only am I a woman, but I'm also the uh, a kitten, and I just feel weird in those spaces. It wasn't until so the same convention that I went to for the um, for the class um, also had um, just like a pet get together and it had all sorts of different pets um and what was really uh one of the things that was really cute um for that was that there was pony players too and they had a um, a cart and i remember one of the puppies going in on the cart but in pet space and was not sure what to do with the movement of it um but it was really cool to just see the interactions with all sorts of different other pets at that space like i i need to have this space more um and, um, the, um, friend of mine, um, so she, or they, um, had it to where they wanted, um, something as well because they're a handler. Um, they've also got some primal spaces, which is, um, so great and where they represent as a hyena, um, but had it to where we just felt so out of place we didn't have a space for our own and we wanted to create it and like so we did um and there was a lot of um different shifts and everything but we've created it we've got our own um discord now we have monthly events um that we organize um and we have like random in between things um like for um around the end of the year we go out to um zoo lights because it's because it's cute and it's fun and it's just uh lighthearted but we also really enjoy um dark pet play and that's what the, like breeding and things can go into um and anything you don't do it to a bio pet can kind of really go into um the dark pet play um we can talk more about that later um but for um for sexuality wise my uh because i have that level of vulnerability i have no sexual interest um uh, at all i'm just a um, cute fluffy kitten um that just wants attention and probably play with laser pointers like that's that's all i really want or beating up on other pets if i'm in my alpha cat space, which is always entertaining so
2: yeah it's really interesting and it's like i said as the person looking in i i dabbled in being potentially a handler for vixen as I was seeing some of this stuff like come about and really getting exposed to it because I was like, well I'm your dominant. Naturally I should be your handler. You know, or or you know, Viking would step in and, and become her handler. And the reality was neither one of us were really equipped for that. And so um we are not her handlers. Um we actually instead empower her community side with these events and we empower her being the handler of others. Um because obviously i have no problem playing with her kitten it's absolutely adorable especially when i've gone to these events i have been the person with the laser pointer making her go ape shit through the whole room but for us it's watching her interact and it's it's such a pure interaction um for those that have never had the luxury of being able to watch pets interact with each other think about when you adopt an animal and you bring them into your house and you're watching pet try to interact within your own home. That's what it looks like when a new pet comes into the group. And it is the cutest, purest, most amazing thing to witness because I, I will 100% say, and I've said this before, and it's, and it's not just unique to the LA area, but when it comes to pet play, this is one community within all of the facets of BDSM that to me is the most accepting. It's the most forgiving um it's truly a space where politics do not take center stage typically. Um, because with with animals it doesn't. There's there's the hierarchy that people establish, you know, just as you would in a in a pack of dogs or things like that. But to watch pets in a purest sense understand consent and to watch pets in a very pure sense understand that I don't want to play with you, but I'm okay playing with you. And watching people, when they're in this headspace, not get upset by these interactions and get turned down for play like you would in stereotypical dungeon settings. Um, I can't say enough how fascinating it is to watch. And I totally, when I started going to these events with Vixen, I was so worried about being the creepy watcher because I didn't understand (laughs) and I didn't want people thinking that I was looking at them like a zoo animal. I didn't want people, you know, getting skeeved out thinking that I was trying to dissect it and take it apart and things like that. And so I was really terrified of being disrespectful by accident because I just didn't know. And I cannot tell you how many times during an event, as I just posted up in the back of the room, pets would randomly come up to me and like sniff me, kind of bump my my hand to suggest like, hey, you can pet me. And then they would scamper off. And then... I would talk to them after the event, like, why did you do that? And it was their way of saying, "We see you, we welcome you, you're welcome to interact. you don't have to, but it's a matter of just the visibility, and it was something that in engaging with pups and like bar scenes, I never saw because a lot of the pup space when you see bar scenes, it's hypersexual, oh, yeah, it's um, very different yeah it's it's and so. With these types of pet events that Vixen's talking about, that they cultivated, it feels more like going to PetSmart during an adoption day. <laughs> for context, I can see is... that,
0: but I can't help but chuckle because yeah. I've been to those. Oh
2: no. <laughs> no, and laughing's okay because it's not—it's not disrespectful. Like when I talk about the excitement. Oh no, it's
0: absolutely with love and respect. Not even a question. Oh
2: yeah. No, it's it's totally like. when people like start walking up and just greeting each other because they're not quite in headspace yet, but they're still excited to see each other and, and hearing the yips and the friendly banter and the, Oh my God, I haven't seen you in forever. You know, you get through all that stuff and people start kind of gearing up and you can see them starting to make that shift mentally to get into their pet space and to get more in touch with that part of their, their persona. The energy is so high in the room and for folks that are not into pet play, the only way I can describe it as as an outsider looking in is walking into a nightclub that's high energy you know fast music like all of that, and just that that hype energy that you start taking in these pets are doing it and they do it for like four or five hours straight. It's one of the most amazing things to watch because I don't know how the fuck they do it and they're just hyped the entire time. And so it also leads to like a huge crash afterwards.
0: But, oh, I can imagine.
2: Oh, yeah. The crash after some of these events can be can be quite brutal. Um, but...
0: I mean, the the closest God, parallels so I have, and I say parallels because even then it doesn't do it justice, is I've worked with age-regressive littles as a group. And there are many parallels because there's purity in that in a similar way. But even then, it is not even close to the same. There is a very different level of energy. The Mm -hmm. interactions are very different because you're still dealing with a very humaniform mentality.
2: Well, and it's what I will say, pets, pet events, and, and I won't even say pet events, but when you get groups of pets together. I know I know what you're saying about the energy because I've seen that with, with littles as well. But I want to make it clear that while there is some overlap between pets and littles, pets are not littles.
0: Oh, definitely um, not. That's why I clarified the, like, there's parallels, but it's not even close.
2: Yeah. I mean, the the high energy part of it's the same. The excitement, I would say, very similar because you don't – and again, this, this is a facet of BDSM and kink and fetish that is radically different from traditional BDSM. And the energy level is actually a great part of that because when you anybody that's been to a dungeon party knows you walked into those environments, they are charged. Typically there's either an edge of violence, there's an edge of sexuality, you know, there's an edge of just otherness. But when you step into a pet space, those edges aren't there. It's an excitement. It's like going to a theme park. It's like the best way I could describe it. The the energy you feel walking into Disney or the or six flags and the energy of the group as a whole starts amplifying. And so handlers are getting excited by watching their pets do tricks. You know, the pets are getting excited, meeting other pets and learning different types of play. And it's also fun to watch pets that aren't what I would call traditional pets. Like we keep using the term pets, but it really is any animal. But to watch house pets interacting with more fantastical animals, Um, because like I was at one event with Vixen and I was dumbfounded a person walks in and they were a stag complete with antlers buckskin and I was just like holy shit like and it's for anybody that starts picturing cosplay it is not that it is not cosplay at all I'm talking about an authentic handmade Native American regalia with antlers like It was the most impressive, inspiring kind of a thing. And to watch this man walk in and prance, I mean, there's no other term for it, but it was prancing around, like, look at me, I'm majestic, and then kind of sit in the corner and watch things, and then get up and do like a lap, and then walk out like, okay, you saw me, I'm done now. And he made his exit just like a buck in the forest would do. Like, I I was just dumbfounded. And it was like...
1: May I go speak ahead. partially on something you said?
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: go ahead, Tiny. Um, so you brought up uh the conversation with like masks and stuff, and so I thought it'd be good to also come out to the fact that on the cosplay area, you know, for for pets and creatures and anybody who has this, you know, inner part of themselves, um, we can see, you know, as Vixen touched a little bit on, we can see what that part of us looks like. We know the color, we know like it to a T. It is a hundred percent a part of us to that point. Finding like gear or you know, things to amplify that part of your pet, it takes time. It is such a long process because you're trying to find what fits your Your pet the best your creature the best and most of the time it does take to finding somebody who does commission work and trying to explain to them as good as you can what exactly you're looking for to get the piece that you want and like for me for example I want a a kitten hood so bad but I have never been able to find one that fits mine yet and anyone really that I can talk to that's not booked on commissions and I've been looking for years like I like four years now for something and it's a process it and so it when people say something about like you know you're just cosplaying or whatever it really like it kind of hurts because it's it's so much more than that and I just wanted to say that real quick you can uh yeah because you're you're finding something that's that's you you're not trying to copy something else or you know show something that already exists you're trying to create more of you so you feel more of yourself in that that space
3: so for um on the topic of gear uh, one thing i want to super focus on um with a lot of people who want to explore this gear does not define you it helps represent um what you see in your head who you are to the world But it does not define of who you are. It just helps other people understand. Understand. The great thing right now with how the internet has exploded, um, with more pet play is that there's so many gear. Um, there's so much gear out there now. Um, be it ears. Um, be it tails. Be it hoods. I saw. Um, oh, I forgot what the type of um dog breed it is, but it's one that's super sleek. Uh, I think it, it starts with a B. It's like, I, I want to say bonsai. It's not what it is. It's not what it is, that I know that. But uh, it was a super sleek one. Um, and you could, they had a, they had um, a hood for that, but it was one of the, um, they made it to where it was a super, which one? Yes. for Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, it was super cool to see that in person because it's not one of the common breeds. Um, but there's so many different breeds that I've seen. Um, and to Nox's point, um, we've had a couple deer at our events now. Um there's foxes. I know a dragon corgi um, the, I've seen a dinosaur. Um, I'm aware of a um of an octopus. Uh, there's um i've I've seen some frogs. It's all over the map. It's a matter of who you are. Um, I've seen some birds. Um, I recently saw, um, I think it was a parrot or a cockatiel, um, this past month, and it's been fascinating to seeing so many different people, um, and who they are. You've got this massively fluffy, massively long, um, tail, um, that's got the purple, that's got the two shades of purple, and I've got matching ears for it as well. Um, though the ears are just lavender and for for um those who are not of uh, standard size of what society shows, um w- you could adapt the ears, so um, like I tried kitten ears for myself, and they just look pathetically tiny on me. It doesn't work with my uh with who with who I am because like that's not proportionally correct. um so I ended up um for the creator that I liked um. I was like, hey, could we do husky ears? Because huskies are still pointed ears. And they're like, oh, yeah. So, And that's, and that's the ears that I got. They're, they're designed as husky ears. But I use them as kitten ears because that's who I am. So um, definitely be creative. But also, don't just put yourself in a box. Unless you're teaching kitten class, which I did last weekend, and I put myself in a box to teach a class. <laughs> gear is such a fun thing to explore and it's so cool of what people come up with like i know um a burmese mountain dog who has um the coloring of green and bright pink but they're like neon colors and or i know um a, a bull terrier who has a um star um or a heart depending on which headspace they're, they're in um on over their over their eye Um, and it's it's just so cool to see who people are, and going back to a little bit as well, the in-person um events they're so non-verbal, but for our events we go over that at the very beginning. We're like, hey, for those of you who are new, and we usually see like a raise of hands. Um, non-verbal is huge because we treat it as like you go to the dog park. How do you engage with the pets? You don't go up to a random stranger's dog for example and picked up and squeeze them because you're either the handler will attack you like that's my dog put him down or um they'll they'll the dog will have some sort of reaction. So that's that's the sort of concepts that um we move forward in because there's some pets who are just lazy and they love it and they'll just curl up and just watch the the other pets be crazy in the main inner marine area um they're like no I, I don't have that high energy I don't want to deal with that. I don't I don't care for any of this. I just want to go over here and curl up and probably sleep a little bit. And that happens. And it's cute.
2: I think that's a great point. Because I, I, I know in talking about the high energy of the events, like that could be kind of misleading and thinking that all pets are being a little psychotic and amped up. Because that's not the case. Like Vixens, like what she's describing in herself, like I personally have seen her climb up six eight feet in the air and perch on top of speakers or perch on top of whatever ledge was up there and then as it's it's fucking hilarious especially with her tail and ears because you want to talk about just ridiculous cuteness because i'm not joking when i say her tail is massive she's got she's got a couple of of like really long tails but she's got one that is ridiculously large but it's so fucking cute and fluffy but it's fun to see her drape it across whatever she's hanging on to catch the attention of a pup or another cat that comes below her just so that she can reach down and slap him in the head. Just like, a you know, like you would see a bio pet do. And to watch her do that for like an hour straight is fucking hilarious. Um, not in the sense of, ha ha, that's funny, I'm mocking you. It's It's the purest interaction between, you know, two beings. And it's just amazing to watch. And I do since we are touching on gear, um, Tiny brought up a really great point that I would like to have Vixen talk about the difference between the pet community and the furry community, because a lot of people don't understand that they're not connected. And a lot of people don't understand um the, the radical differences between those two communities. So so Vix, if you want to touch on
3: that. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's some solid crossover. Don't get me wrong, but they're not the same. Um, with so you have so for um, pet so for pets, it's definitely a pet headspace versus fursona. They're they're not the same. Those two are not the same. Um, some some pet players use it the same, but they're also into um, the furry culture. So it's 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 vastly different. Um, between the two and one of the big differences is how they're socialized so the um birds are more anamorphic and anthropomorphic all right i'm butchering that word in i'm sorry (laughs) but they're more they're more um (laughs) they're more um in a human level of interaction versus pet spaces aren't because granted there has i have known a few um Pets who or creatures who engage um, and they're able to talk well. Well, they're in their, their headspace, but it's not common. There's more nonverbals because that's the idea um, of having that sort of voice restriction on you to where you're more in your headspace. And for uh, for example, for our events, um, the main area we don't allow any sort of typical BDSM activities. So there's no spanking. There's no um degradation there's not there's nothing to that degree so it's just in the purest form so people don't get out of their head spaces because not everybody's sexual not everybody's uh, like that so we wanted to make sure that was safe for them we um we have other places to where they if people want to do that they can like we've even got a um pleasure den for those who want to explore their sexual um experiences but um for for furries, a lot of them, I'm not gonna say all of them, a lot of them ha- make it to where it's almost hyper sexualized. Like you hear stories from uh furry cons, like, oh, there was there was drugs and sex everywhere. Like that that happens. I've known people who go to them like, Oh yeah, it was super hot. Like, cool, that's great. But that's not it's not the same for um for pet players. Because it's not that's not the goal. They're not putting on a different persona to th- in that context it's it's a different you can see it as a different persona but it's not the their fursona um directly um it's a it's a pet space that's the that's the more common way to go about it um and because there we do have those distinguishers um to where i've i've interacted with furries, and i've had there's been some furries who who come out to our events and like that's impressive because we're in a dungeon space and it's gonna be super freaking hot for you but cool enjoy life and another thing is that so you can use um the the vendors who make um fursuits for pet play like that's fine um i've seen a lot of it for um paws um be it for your hands or feet i've seen that a lot or tails but for the um but i don't not a lot of people wear full body suits four pet spaces, yeah, that's 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 the distinguisher that 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 I have between the two.
0: I'll interject briefly because I have friends in the fur who are part of the furry community who would absolutely slap the back of my head if I don't say something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just because one, the word is anthropomorphic, and God knows nobody can say it straight on a good day with the wind blowing, so that is totally valid. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> I took years before I could say it correctly with plenty of correction. I have no problem owning that. And yeah, it is an absolutely separate community with its own ideals, changes. It is not kinky inherently at all, though I know people overlap between them. I personally don't know anything about the pet play arena itself. But yeah, absolutely. A... Furries are definitely their own animal, as it were. No pun intended, I promise.
1: And <laughs> not- I... And I also wanted to throw in, too, um, a lot of people also tend to cross over um, pet play with primal prey play, which Uh are two very different things as well. And sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, no. Go right ahead. Please finish.
1: I was just going to. Just to say if you guys are okay with it I um kind of wanted to read something I wrote about the difference between the two just because speaking trying to speak from memory is a little hard but I did a lot of um like research on how to explain it the best on how it differed and so if you guys are comfortable I'd like to read that.
0: Yes, please. Go for it. Absolutely.
1: So primal play focuses on raw feelings and actions that are evoked by natural impulses and urges. While this sounds pretty simple, it has a lot of different meanings because natural impulses and urges are different for everyone. It's not going to be the same for one person. Primal and pet play are often mistaken with being close together in categories when they actually aren't. Pet play is where you take on the role of a specific type of animal or creature, whereas primal is about tapping into your basic primal, sometimes animalistic urges. But you aren't a designated animal. You're still you. You're still a person just going into your animalistic side, if that makes sense. It's like someone who has a hunter mentality which goes into some of the terms that are used for like a dom or a top that is into primal play, which is hunter and their prey prey being prey, of course, and then there's other terms like packa or sorry, pack alpha and mate. Um, in sexual ways, primal doms enjoy sex with little to no restraints or specific roles in place because this helps bring out their primal side. Which also comes along with, you know, you have your biting, clawing, and scratching. And it's kind of like Vixen said, how, you know, pet play, unless you're into the dark form of it, it's not sexual. It's, it's just, it it isn't always just, you know, and it's not always for primal play. It's not always like, I just want to like, send you through the woods and chase and hunt you down. This play should be done with someone you absolutely trust because your inhibitions are stripped away and you need a dom that is going to put your needs above his or her primal ones if it all gets too much for the prey. Because even in primal and prey, a safe word still exists. But I just wanted to touch up on how they both differ because I am in a lot of online communities and I've seen a couple fights where people try to say they're into pet play because they like primal prey and I just wanted to like throw in kind of where that differs because I think that was a good area to kind of touch up on too
2: no that was perfect I'm I'm glad you did that because that was actually I, I was going to ask that of the both of you so good job that's awesome um, one of the other ones that I kind of want to touch on because we've we've mentioned it a few times without like really fully explaining but it is, um, dark pet play. We've talked, we hinted a little bit around like kind of like what it is. Um, again, I know there's a lot of folks, uh, that will listen to this podcast later, especially that may not be familiar with the types of play that happens other than like what we've described, you know, the two of you specifically do. Um, So I would say, yeah, um, Vixen, if you want to tee that off, I'll let you describe what some dark pet play is.
3: Absolutely. Um, So dark pet play, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is that it's things you don't do to wild pets. So um, like there's um, breeding um, to where um, you can put someone, and this is where uh, typical BDSM can absolutely overlap. With pet play, you can put someone in shackles or in a um, area to where they're just caged in, but you're having you you bring them to orgasm forcefully, and like no no we're doing science experience today and we're gonna see what happens uh, for you or we're gonna collect some samples and and go from there. Um or um there's you can do a scene that's um like a dog catcher. Um, that you're the poor, innocent pet who's out in the alleyway and is cold and frigid and then this um, gruesome um, dog catcher picks you up and throws you into into a kennel and then has to do um, make sure that you're not diseased or or something to that. Um, And then there's also um, another overlap you can do um, is stomping and trampling. Like, you're just... uh, um, but you have to be in the right sort of head spaces for all these. Because they can get twisted really hard. It's really fun. But it can get twisted really, really hard. Um, and just like any other sort of um, edgy sort of um, play, you have to be in the right mindset for all of it. I can't emphasize that enough. Because if, you allow, if you're pet space and you're wanting to explore into this more, and you're like, okay, so I've been on this cute fluffy thing for a while. But I want to dive into that. There's going to be some repercussions that you're going to be, um, you need to be aware of. It's just like going into objectification um, or any of those sorts of minds, um, the, those spaces, that it's going to get fucked up real fast and it's going to be great. But you have to be aware of the beginning and the end of it. If you're just ex- starting to explore it, you don't know how you're going to be at the end make sure you tell your partner that always make sure communication is so good because you don't want you don't want it to have lasting repercussions you know in a negative sense he's like oh yeah i did that it was super hot i want to do it again um because i've seen it to where um people do like science experiments to where um they had they had a diseased arm and they had to do an amputation and but they use bondage for that so uh, to where they just use a cuff or rope, and now now the pet doesn't have a paw anymore because something happened. And like there's so many different aspects that you can go into that, um, or going into pet fights. Like we um, did, that, we had a dark pet play event um, a couple of months ago, and one of the things um, was that we put uh, flag football um, things on the pets' waists. And the idea is that they're doing like dog fights, right? So where we had a, we had a bell and everything. We were so excited, um, but the bell would ring and then um, pets from either corner would, so we had a cage corner and then a doghouse corner. And then um, they would just start wrestling and trying to take the flag off each other. Um, and then that's how we were able to represent like dog fighting because the pets were still in their head spaces. And that's what they were um geared towards um and then at the same event um I did a um a I had a um my milking machine um for um genitalia and then um I also had some other um sex sex machine things cuz that's one of the things I'm really into <laughs> but um yeah so there's there's so many different aspects of what you can do it's just a matter of do you have the capabilities um another one would be just dissecting someone so having it to where they're on a table and you're just using a knife to cut them open because um and they're just alive while it's happening so happily twisted but definitely be aware what you're getting into first
2: so one of the fun things that i got to watch was kind of in the same realm they did a pet adoption event and One, one of the handler pet combos there had negotiated doing thing where they would not be adopted, but they would put themselves up for adoption. So the way that it played out is they, they went so far as to make like books. So like each pet had like their own little stat sheet with a little picture to to help with the adoption. Right. And the prospective owners could come up and flip through the book to decide what animal they wanted. And they had negotiated that this pet would be the last one and just would never get picked. And so it was simulating that whole, yeah, right? Talking about kicking a puppy. Um, but it was simulating that whole sense of abandonment and, and, you know, being left behind and like all of those negative emotions. And then right before the event was being called to a close and they started making the announcement, like we're cleaning up, get everybody together. The owner shows up and says, okay, I want that one. and And just watching the two of them bond it was just so, so cool. that's but that's the that dark pet play realm is it's very, very psychological, not just necessarily the physical side of it. it's and that's why it's the darker, the edgier kind of side of this because like already we're talking about a form of edge play just because of the headspace that you're in. But when you start talking about the dark pet play, we're talking about that headspace multiplied. Um, and on both sides, for the handler and for the pet, right? So because for your handlers, talking about the level of negotiation that goes into some of these encounters, even the the pickup play that they're doing at these events, there's still negotiations happening, even though the person's in their pet space. Um, and, and this is why I kind of said earlier, the concept of consent and everything I feel is much more pure and much more understood, because you want to engage with a pet. Just like you would with a dog at a dog park, you put your hand out, the pet sniffs you. And if they want to interact with you, they bump your hand, they come up and rub up against you, you know, things like that. And if the pet decides, no, I don't want to play with you, they walk away from you. And that's understood that that was a withdrawal of consent. And it's understood that that pet was making that conscious decision to take it or leave it. And you don't see handlers chasing after pets saying, no, get back here. I want to pet you what you see is people going oh okay not right now no problem then they walk away nobody's angry nobody's pissed off nobody's jealous like it's it's a very pure drilled down version of immediate consent and it's it may be just unique to this community here in la too because i have seen some pet communities that were not necessarily as healthy but I've I have yet to ever see in these encounters where somebody's like, "Oh my god, that dog won't let me play. What the fuck?" and this handler gets angry. The rest of the group will then basically like cut them out. It's like, "Okay, you're clearly not understanding what's happening and you're clearly not understanding consent." And that's when one of the organizers will actually like go go interact with that person and take them out of the event to have that discussion. And so the level of safety that I've seen around some of these events is some of the highest. Um, that I've seen in in any other BDSM kink space Um, because the pets absolutely take the priority and just the level of protection that you see from the other pets around them but also the other handlers they're very quick to call out shitty behavior Um, and it's just to me it's always been impressive because like I said it's not something that I've ever seen in, in any other segment of the BDSM community there's just not the same level of camaraderie or compassion each other and just just a bare bones level of kindness you know when I talk about acceptance I'm talking body positivity I'm talking about you know income wealth gaps you know accessibility things like that Um, the pet community from what I have seen is often some of the most giving folks that I've ever met in kink because you know you'll see somebody that comes in it's like oh I'm brand new I don't have a hood yet because like what Tiny was saying, I haven't found one that really matches how I see myself, so I just haven't gotten any gear. And you will literally see 10 people pop up with an armful of hoods, and they're like, try these on. Try them I on, and so you know, if you find it. one you like, you can have it. Yeah, it's just so pure. And so like it's been – like I said, it's – I'm glad that I got to see this community, especially through Vixen's eyes, but because it also redeemed some of my faith in the kinksters
0: i'll appreciate because
2: it. if yeah. because like when you've been doing this as long as we have you know in tax you've been doing it longer than i have but you start to lose faith in some folks and you start losing yes. faith in some segments of the community because of how people get peopley <laughs> yeah
0: um, that's a good way to describe it actually it really is
2: so no it is but then you I'm telling you, if you're one of those folks that have started to fall out of love with BDSM and fall out of love with this pure power exchange and seeing it for, for what it can be, go to a pet event. And I'm not even being facetious about that. It taught me to see a facet of the community sure. in a radically different way. And, it's, and it was recharging for me. They don't even go, go just because
0: you're exploring pet play go just to oh. watch and experience and be friendly and even mm-hmm. that can have an effect And it's it's something you and i have talked about many times over at this point over the length of our podcast <laughs> is about how safety first by making sure the mm-hmm. community is safety conscious first and making sure all those protections are in place it lets everyone reach that level of comfort especially in a Like, especially pet play, where vulnerability is so much a big deal, more so than it is for a number of other aspects. There's a purity in being able to just enjoy it because the safety measures have already been activated, so to speak, for lack of a better way to put it.
2: Yeah, it's, I think, I think one of the things that triggers the protection side of the community as a whole when you talk about pet play is you are talking about people who are in an altered mindset. They are in an altered state yes, of mind. Yes, absolutely. And that's you know, usually when you think about that, kind of how you brought up littles earlier, right? People instinctively know you have to protect littles because we're in the mindset of a child at this point. People don't think about it the same with other facets of kink, but yet right. all of us have the appreciation that animals are sacred, or at least you fucking better. Yeah, and amen to that. Because If pe- if people don't like animals, I question you. But- Send them my way. But I mean, but that's, but everybody knows you don't kick dogs. You know, everybody knows you're not mean to animals. And so when you go into a pet space, all of that societal conditioning we have around animals carries over. And so I found that the pet community really rallies around themselves far better than any other segment of kink.
0: I'll agree with that. You know,
2: and it's, yeah, because if you hear, you know, somebody in the pet community has a the link goes up, and like 15, 20 minutes, the link has gone completely viral throughout the entire pet community, and it's, oh my god, help this pet. Um, You don't tend to see that necessarily in other facets with other groups, like, you know, your power exchange folks, or some of your leather folks, um, you know, definitely folks that are Strictly geared towards like impact or you know the femdom space. You just you don't, don't even see, see it, it quite the little same little community,
0: and that's probably the cl- next closest community in terms of tightness, etc. And it's still not the same. It's yeah. still very different.
3: Something that was brought up that I don't want to touch base on. So with um with body positivity, a great example that I have um, is is going back to the dark dog park example and consider it like you see you see a really athletic dog like oh yeah look how cute it is but then you see the really round dog like oh look he's going out for a walk that's amazing you go like that's the idea right so you have all different types of body styles for dogs when you go to a dog park you know this going into it you'll see the old you'll see the old one who's just like yeah I've been coming here for the most of my life, which is ten years now. I'm gray in the muzzle, and I'm just enjoying the sun right now. And then you have the puppies who are just like bouncing around, wanting to eat other people, other um, dogs' ears. Like that's the representation when it comes to body positivity, to where okay, you're you're a round pet, and what's I. It doesn't matter. And that's one cool thing that I find um, that helps a lot of people's confidence. Like, well, I don't really look like I'm not that I'm not that e-girl sort of person. So I don't know if I can be in a pet life. You can. Have you seen have, have you seen the um? Everyone seen the Internet cats of the chunks who are just like, yeah, that's right. I've enjoyed my best life. I may have type two diabetes, but hey. I'm here like it doesn't matter so long as you're pure to yourself and you allow yourself to be seen like that's the idea a lot of people are concerned like oh I don't know if I can do this or this that and the other and like it doesn't matter if this is where you want to explore please do and enjoy life Um, and that's uh, for any potential handlers out there view it through those glasses of, uh, okay, so who's the cute little faces that I'm going to like, oh my goodness, you're so cute. Like, who, who am I doing that to today? Who's getting belly wrapped? Like, let's go.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely super cute to see. Like, I, I, I think camaraderie is the closest term I can come to it because it's just, it's, it really is one of the purest facets of kink community. And I, I will 100% say that when you leave a pet event, you do feel like, damn, I had a good day. you'll be exhausted as shit. But, but as you're getting in the car and you're starting that drive home and you start like really digesting, like, oh, that was a pretty cool event. There's, there is a sense of satisfaction. And again, and I've felt this level of compersion and this level of satisfaction, not even participating just as somebody watching and taking in the energy of the folks around you. So, I mean, it's because to me, it was very humbling to be welcomed into that space, knowing that I was not a part of that community and to have people come up to me and say, so what did you think? You know, was it fun? Did it creep you out? Do you have – and people would contact me. Do you have questions about what you saw? Do you have questions about the kind of play? Did you understand what was happening? And there was no ego involved in these exchanges. It That's was so a beautiful. pure – yeah. I mean, it was and, – and even, you know, Vixen's counterpart that, that runs the event, you know, she and I have had multiple conversations because I was really trying to understand, like, what am I seeing? The power exchange was clear. now I, I don't think anybody has a problem understanding that there's power exchange happening. but I was like, what are the f- what's the fetish? Now, is it the gear? Is it the play styles? like help me understand this? And she, between our you know conversations with kind of like all of us, I was able to start seeing the difference and understand why this falls in the BdSM umbrella because I think there's just so many people that don't get that. They think, okay, you're basically doing cosplay how is this kinky you now oh you're and it's really comes down to those altered states of mind and that higher level of connection to self that phase it. that's why we're in kink to begin with you now yes. they're just doing it in such a pure undiluted fashion without a bunch of other people's bullshit filtering in
0: that's politics more so, kink
2: absolutely Absolutely. you know, and so kind of to Vixen's point, are you going to run around into a pet mosh and see a bunch of people using, you know, floggers and whips and stuff like that? Maybe if they're ponies and they're doing dressage, but you don't, you won't see what I would call stereotypical BDSM like you would see in a dungeon. Right. It's just, it won't look the same. It wouldn't even make sense for. To? Not really. Honestly, not really. No not really and there's and it's and that's the thing too is there's for people that are kind of starting to say like i don't know if maybe this is for me because now i've heard you guys talk about it and especially hearing tiny and vixen's passion for all of it there is a ton of resources online um that are actually good resources when it comes to pet play um there's you know and obviously you can reach out to the both of them if, if anybody ever wanted to get more information that's both of them are easy to find. I know Vixen's all over the internet. <laughs> 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 so, kind of, kind of like Dartax and I. If, if you can't find Vixen, you're not trying. There you go. Um, but there's, there are, to me, some of the best resources I've found within BDSM and kink have come from the pet community, especially when you're talking about like the the talks about consent. You know, talks about bodily autonomy and understanding the relationships between tops and bottoms. Um the pet play community has a ton of really solid um like TikToks videos and YouTube type stuff. So I, I would that this is one area of kink where I'm like Google it because you'll actually find good shit.
3: Ping SoCal creatures again, we've got a website. Um it also we also have an um extensive list for gear as well. So um yeah, but yeah, I'm all over the internet. <laughs> um, especially when you look up so covered creatures, like you'll see my face. <laughs> but it's all sorts of great things. There's um and that was one of the things that I thought was really cool. Um, there was one of the leading people for Pet Play. Um, there's a couple people um down the west coast. I don't know a lot of East Coast people who are um into pet play. I know they exist, but I, I just don't know them by name um but there's if you if you go on that which is the youtube for example and type in pet play you'll you'll get you'll get a lot of things you'll definitely get a lot of things um and they can show more of it uh, unlike um a lot of typical bdsm to where you can't show it um it's definitely one of the things that you you can find a lot
2: well cool um Kind of to recap, Dartax, was there any other questions that maybe we wanted to go over? Any other things since we've got both the ladies here held captive?
0: Oh, is that what the rope was for? My bad. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> but I had to. Um,
2: Beatings will continue until morale improves.
0: You know, I've heard that, that for nice. so long, but I've actually seen a t-shirt that had the reverse on it. It was Ralph will continue to suck until the beatings improve, and, and I need that.
3: Mm-hmm. I thought of that when she said that, as like, but <laughs> yes.
0: Careful, you're in arms no, We're rates. not going <laughs> anywhere,
3: <laughs> right?
1: But
0: For no. no seriously. Um, I I think we've covered everything beautifully. Thank both you ladies, one hundred thousand percent. Like having the ability to hear experiences and the purity of this from people who've actively practiced it especially as someone who's danced around the fringes for one reason or another but never actually had a working knowledge base from the inner workings it was absolutely lovely to hear you it's in your perspective and i think anybody who's listened to this should definitely have a much broader starting origin point if they don't already have something going thank you guys so much for today. Thank
1: you for having me.
3: Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you.
2: I know I'm always excited to hear Vixen talk about this because of how passionate she is. And so it's, you know, as somebody connected to her, it's always super fun. And obviously, Tiny, I love hearing your take on things. It's always a pleasure.
1: Thank you. I I enjoy the discussions. Um, I like deep diving into them. And I enjoyed also having the conversation with Vixen because we have never um, actually talked with one another. And I am (laughs) in her community and I love it. And it's really cool to hear a take from somebody who actually like participates actively in pet, you know, um, munches and stuff like that. Like, it's a dream of mine. I hope to do one day.
2: We'll get you out here one day. There you, you go. you can experience it.
0: Connections made.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one day. One day, but my friend. But isn't that the beautiful part here.
0: of it, too, is part of your journey is networking. Like, mindsets and energy. Explore the things that you explore. Like, that is half the fun of it. It really is. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's... a
3: so very visual pe go ahead i'm a very ahead. visual person and th- what that just um uh, reminded me of is like taking i uh, like the t- the tupperware people of going to your house but just doing it with like pet play uh, giving, like, the image I just got.
0: that's fantastic i approve my i God. need to see this now
2: the am way of pet play
0: hi can we talk to you about your hoods
2: <laughs> can you talk to you about your lord and savior kitty christ
0: there you go like, oh, my
2: God. that's where my brain went
0: I mean, we already have someone in our in our other group who talks about the great panda in the sky. Is there really that much of a stretch after that? I do. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I part of the reason I started doing these as a drill-down series is I love the intensity and the excitement in doing of That's literally the point. Like, it's not just the educational part. It's you obviously have to enjoy it to be able to talk about it with any depth. Because otherwise, why are you bothering? Especially in Cake. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, I have nothing more to add. Does anyone else have some closing thoughts they want to continue to wrap up? I'm Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Open table, only if you want it. No pressure. (laughs) Promise.
3: Um I've got something. Dude. So the the key point for me is that if you're curious of what pet play could be for you, look into it. If you're trying to figure out like who you are, also if if you like, oh I might I think I might be a dog, but I don't know. Go to dog parks. Watch dog videos. See what sort of attributes you see in yourself represented there um like anybody um i know um someone who's a lazy great dame who just likes taking naps like that's that's who they are that's awesome be who you figure out of who um absolutely be um of of who you want to be um i've known um all like there's so many different types of dogs but then there's also the mutt you could be a mutt and enjoy life like I don't know what I look like yet. I'm just a mutt. I was found out of pound. Like people create backstories for who they are, so they can have a better representation. But they can also have a history of where they came from to be who they are today, because we as people have that. But they, a lot of people end up creating of like who their what their backstory is, and that way they, it shows of why like if they've got an ear notch. Like I know a cat on that has uh, like they were. Um, in a like a back alley fight, and they've got like some um, cuts in their in their hood uh, from that, and like that's so cool uh, because they have that backstory. But now they can have, people can ask like, oh, what happened? And then when they're not in their headspace, they can go into it like, oh yeah, I was in the um, it was three against one, and we're trying to fight over food, and like, oh that's cool. Yes, be creative.
0: Hell yeah.
2: It makes total sense.
0: It does.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: As I always say whether you're whether you're listening live with us now, whether you're on your way to work, whether you're listening at home. Thank everybody who listens to us. You guys are literally make these. And it's always nice to see more and more people actually listen and get something from this cuz that's why we do it. Um mm-hmm. if for you have any questions, death threats, hate mail, all of the above, I'm easy um take that as you see oh we know Was trying to that one but let's move on you know (laughs) i'm i'm pretty much reachable almost everywhere at this point i bloody well have a (laughs) link tree just to save people a lot of trouble in your sources depending on your preference because everybody has their own thing (laughs) these days but if you can't find me jesus christ where are you looking
2: yeah, now I want to know.
0: I, I kind of do, because I'll probably end up making a profile there <laughs> just to be weird. Unless it's Only really dads. a Christian Minecraft server. That's never going to happen, so. But.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Likewise, feel free to reach out to me. I, too, am easy to find. Between the the, the FETs, the interwebs, and the, the Instagrams. Um, right. Absolutely feel free to reach out with any questions or or if you have a topic for the podcast that you'd like to see us go over, I'd love absolutely to
0: hear and we don't you know when I first started, we had a a list that I tried to put in some kind of priority <laughs> order because I thought that was a great idea then because I knew we could do it, and mm-hmm. it promptly got tossed in the trash. It's like, you know what, it's just kind of fluidly as we feel we should cover them, and that's just easier for everybody, including ourselves so. If you have a suggestion of something you want us to talk about that we haven't covered already, please drop us a line. Absolutely.
2: You want to know.
0: We do. Otherwise, (laughs) thank you guys for coming in the live studio audience. Thank you guys for who listen later and have a wonderful rest of you.